Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. You may be seated, please. Thank you. Good morning to all of you. I trust that you have been touched and blessed by the presence of the Lord here this morning. It's wonderful when we begin our Sunday morning with prayer and worship. And so, what I want to minister to you this morning is to pick up from where Michael has left off, but also to answer the heart cry for more of God. There is a way that we can receive more of Him in our daily lives. God has shown us the way. And God has pointed us in the right direction. The Word of God says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be open to those who knock, who ask, and who seek. And if there is one thing that I have discovered throughout the years of my walk with the Lord, is that He never at any time or any stage of my journey with Him, He wants me to become comfortable or satisfied with what I have with God. There is always more. More than we have ever experienced. More than we have ever imagined. More of God. More of His presence. More of His Spirit. More of His love that waits for us to experience that. Never does He want us to become indifferent, comfortable where we are, or satisfied, or complacent. And the best and the most effective way to never become stagnant in our walk with God is to find ourselves in a place of prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks more of God's presence in our lives. And so what I want to teach or talk to you about this morning is the disciples' way of life, which is a life of prayer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 the following, But you, when you pray, Notice that he did not say, if you happen to pray, but when you do so. So the Lord took it for granted that every disciple of his will spend time in prayer. He said, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Amen? 
Now, the Lord's instructions could not be any clearer than what He has made it to be. They are very clear concerning the discipline of prayer. He expects every disciple to engage God in a lifestyle of prayer. Are you a disciple this morning? Amen? Or just a believer? You know, there's a difference between those who believe and those who are discipled. A disciple is one who learns from the Lord. Amen? He is one who is taught by the Lord and daily follows the Lord, obeying His instructions. And so He showed us how to pray, and He also promised that there is an open reward for those who pray. He said, the Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Amen? So there is an open reward. Have you ever stopped to think what that open reward is? Anyone? How would God reward you openly? Your life will be evidence of the blessing of the Lord. There will be blessing in every sphere of your life. The presence of God upon you will be evident, and you will be known as a person, a man or a woman of prayer. Then when people come into your presence, they will recognize that there is something different about you, that your life is blessed, that your family is blessed, your relationships are blessed. Amen? That's the open reward. God rewards openly those who engage God in prayer on a daily basis. And so, Jesus speaking to the disciples about the signs which will come or take place before the end of the age, and He concluded His discourse with these words. Luke 21 and verse 36. Watch therefore, and pray... How often? How often? Always. Why? That you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So those who always pray are counted worthy not only to escape the things which will come to pass, and some of those things are not so pleasant. But you will have the strength, you will have the fortitude, you will have the alertness to be able to escape those things, to ride over them, to overcome them. And not only that, but you will be able to stand before the Son of Man when He returns unashamed. Isn't that also an open reward? People who overcome in life are people who pray. Someone once said that those who kneel before God can stand before anyone in any situation. Amen? So, throughout the New Testament, we are exhorted and encouraged to always pray and not to faint. Ephesians 6.18, 
Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, he instructs the believers in Ephesus to be always praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There's another instruction again in the New Testament. So prayer, therefore, is the foundation upon which we build our spiritual life. Amen? It's the foundation upon which you will build your own journey with God. You will have your own experiences. You will have your own encounters. You will have your own testimony. You will have your own understanding of who God is what he's doing, what he's done in your life, and where he's taking you. Believers, therefore, who have not engaged in a lifestyle of prayer have no foundation to stand on. Well, what do I mean by that? The walk is very unstable. One, one day they up, the next day they down. No consistency, no evidence of bearing any kind of fruit to the glory of God. They go by their feelings. They go by the weather. They go by the circumstances. Why? Because they have no foundation beneath their feet. Amen? That is why I say that prayer is the foundation upon which we build our spiritual life our journey of faith. And the walk of faith is a journey. Amen? Now, obviously we cannot cover everything there is to cover on this important subject of prayer in one session. We'll need much more than that. But what we will do this morning is to cover some of the basic fundamental aspects of prayers. So, in my prayer, I continually ask the Lord for greater revelation and a greater depth of understanding concerning the subject of prayer so that I may be able to communicate or teach it in such a way where prayer becomes attractive and easy rather than a religious duty or a burden or something that we have to do. Prayer should be a joyful exercise as you go to meet with your heavenly Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? It shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't be some legalistic exercise or religious exercise that we do so that we can say, well, I've done my prayers today. Amen? Prayer is the language of the heart. And when you have a relationship with the Father, you want to be with Him. You want to spend time with Him. Amen? You enjoy His presence, and then you come to realize that not only that, but He also enjoys your presence. And He wants to hear from you whatever is in your heart, whatever is going on in your life. That is how we grow in our understanding of God and in our relationship with God, by communicating with Him on a regular basis. So, let me ask the question, and then I'll answer it. What is prayer? 
So when we speak about prayer, what is prayer? Well, prayer is many things. But primarily, it is fellowship with God the Father through Jesus, His Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Godhead are involved when you pray. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus as the Holy Spirit helps you. So prayer can be many things, but primarily is fellowship with God the Father in the name of His Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just asking God for things. Amen? It's not just petitioning God or asking Him to do something for you. Sometimes prayer is just simply waiting on God, enjoying His presence as you fellowship with Him. Many times, for me, prayer is such. I just sit in the Lord's presence. I endeavor to hear and understand what God desires to communicate to me. It's not just one-way communication. There are things that God wants to communicate with you on a personal level. Things that He wants to bring to your attention. He wants to tell you how much He loves you. He wants to show you how He cares for you. Amen? And as we sit quietly before Him, the Spirit begins to communicate the heart of God to you. It's not just you communicating with God and talking to Him. He desires to fellowship with you and communicate to you the very things that you need for that day. Give us this day, Jesus taught us to pray, our daily bread. So we're not just physical beings. We don't just need physical bread to live, to function, and live the kind of life that God wants us to live. We are spirit beings. We have a soul. We have emotional needs. Amen? We have spiritual needs. We have financial needs. Now those are the things that God desires to communicate to you. There is wisdom that belongs to you. How will God impart it to you if you, take, if you don't take time to wait on Him? Amen? Things that we struggle with in our daily lives. Situations, circumstances, people, relational issues, financial issues, physical issues. All of those things require the presence of God so that we are ministered to, we are comforted, and we are strengthened in the Lord through the vehicle of prayer. I believe that a person who has developed his prayer life and his relationship is growing with the Lord, he would not need to go to counselors because he is the finest counselor you will ever know or meet. He will give you answer to your problems through the wisdom that He supplies through His Word. Amen? So many people today, 
even in the house of God, struggle with issues of rejection, inferiority complexes, habitual sins that they cannot, cannot find deliverance. God is able to meet you in the prayer closet and supply that which you need if you will just give Him the time. Amen? No relationship can be built without giving time to the person you want to relate to or grow in your relationship. Amen? So prayer is also spiritual warfare. What do I mean by that? Because in the place of prayer, we join forces with God the Father in bringing heaven into the earth where you are. Amen? That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we bring heaven into the earth only through the vehicle of prayer and intercession as we intercede for others as well as for our families God invades their lives he has the right to because we have asked him to someone said that God seems that he would do nothing unless someone asks him to Amen. Someone walked into a barber shop and had a haircut and trimmed his beard. And um, as he communicated and fellowship with uh, with a barber, the subject of God came up. <laughs> so the barber says to the client, "I don't believe God exists." He said, "Why do you say that?" Well, he said, "You just walk outside." And you will see what I mean. If God existed, there wouldn't be so much suffering. There wouldn't be so much sickness. There wouldn't be so many people hungry, devastated. So the client didn't say anything. He just kept quiet. He walked out of the barber shop, And on his way out, he saw a man, dirty, his face all blackened, beard long, his hair long. And then he came back to the barber and he says, I don't believe barbers exist. He said, what do you mean? I'm a barber. Well, he said, I know. But when I walked outside, I see so many never have a haircut. They, the, 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 the beard are so long. They, 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 they're so dirty and so... Well, he says, it's because they don't come and ask me to cut their hair or trim the beards. Well, I said, you get my point now. There are so many in trouble, so many in need, so many broken, so many sick. Why? Because they don't come to God and ask Him to intervene in their lives. Amen? So when you pray and asking God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in my family, in the person that you're praying for, let your kingdom come, then you're giving God a legal right to intervene in the affairs of the person you are praying for.
That's how powerful and influential you are when you know how to pray. And when you believe in the power of prayer. People don't pray because they don't believe there is power in prayer. Amen? So prayer is also spiritual warfare. You are attacking the forces of darkness in the lives of those you are praying for. Amen? The devil is terrified of those who spend time in prayer. He's afraid of them. Especially those who know the power of prayer. Now, God has given this ministry of prayer to every believer in the body of Christ. So many people are asking God to give them a ministry. But God has already given us a ministry. Amen? Prayer is a ministry of the born-again believer. That is why we are called the priests of God. What does a priest do? What does he do? Primarily, he represents the people before God. Amen? So you have a ministry. And through prayer, we minister to the Lord. We minister to the sinner. We minister to the body of Christ. We minister to our families and to ourselves. Amen? So it is through prayer that every other ministry is birthed. Amen. My ministry began on my knees. I was not always a minister or a pastor. I was a businessman, minding my own business. <laughs> but there in prayer, that's where I heard God. That's where God arrested me. That's where God's Spirit touched my heart and gave me such a burden that I could not run away from it. That's where I found out what I was called to do, what I was destined to do. Even before I was born, God said to me, before you were born, I knew you. How did you know me before I was born? He said, you existed in my mind. While you were in your mother's womb, I sanctified you, set you apart, and called you to be a prophet to the nations. What? No, no man, no human being will ever tell you that. No human being knows you like God knows you. Not your father, not your mother, not your pastor, not your closest friend, not your wife, not your husband. The only knowledge they have of you is natural, physical. But God knows you in the Spirit. God knows your purpose. God knows your destiny. God knows how you're wired. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses, and He knows your assignments. And the only person you're going to get it from is God Himself. Hello? and is going to share it with you as you fellowship with him in prayer. I cannot tell you the blessing we forfeit because we neglect the prayer closet. 
you will hear things in your prayer closet that will blow your mind, that will take the limits off of you. In the prayer closet, you will rise to the highest place and you will see things concerning your future. I was standing in church worshiping one day. My wife was not with me at that particular day. And as I was worshiping, I saw myself, my wife, and three children. We only had one at that time. God showed me. Hello. You know why people don't know and they live in ignorance today? They don't know because they don't pray. In prayer, God will show you everything that concerns your life and destiny. And not only that, he will also show you things about the people you're praying for. He will give you dreams. He will give you visions. He will let you know and alert your spirit when they are in trouble, when they need your help, when they need your call, when they need your encouragement. You will know. Because you have engaged God on their behalf. And when they are in trouble, guess where God will go first? He will come to you because you've been praying for these people. You can pray like that for a community, for a nation. And God will show you the secrets of his heart. And he will give you wisdom how to minister to those you're praying for. Amen. Now, God calls his people to pray. Prayer is a calling from God, and it's foundational to anything else God calls us to do. So when God gave us the ordinance of prayer, he literally gave us himself. Amen. That's why I believe prayer should occupy and receive our highest attention and priority, and form an indispensable part of our daily lives. No question about it. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing, because prayer sustains your spiritual life and your union with Christ. Jesus was in constant fellowship with the Father. He remained in prayer throughout the day. How many times he said, the Son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the Father do. And he does not speak his own words, but only what he hears the Father say. How did he hear, and how did he see the Father? How? He saw him in the Spirit in prayer. He saw things. His eyes were wide open, spiritual eyes. People who don't pray don't see anything beside physical sight. But people who pray hear things that others don't hear. People who pray see things that others cannot see. Because to them, the realm of the Spirit is just as natural as the realm of the natural. They see things. They hear things. The spiritual senses 
are developed to such an extent where they are comfortable to hear and see things in the Holy Spirit because they pray. I'm trying to make prayer attractive to you folks in case you haven't realized that yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you some of the benefits of prayer, though that I have mentioned already a few. Prayer will also prepare you for which God has prepared for you. You know, one of the things about our Heavenly Father, He's so kind and so wise, He never drops us into a foreign situation or a foreign place that we have never been to. You know what He does? In prayer, He prepares our heart for where He will take us. He prepares our heart, our attitude. He renews our mind for what He has prepared for us so that we can comfortably and fully confident walk into that new area that He's called us into. I'll give you an example. As I mentioned to you, I was in business minding my own business. In prayer, I received the call of God. And I know that sooner or later, the pulpit is where I'm going to end up. How do you know? I just knew that I knew that I knew that one day God will call me into a full-time ministry. And so, because I knew that and continued to pray, in the Spirit, I heard the Lord say to me, he said, I'm bringing changes into your life. And these changes are so drastic. There is a possibility that you will not recognize these changes as from me and you end up rebelling and fighting me rather than cooperating with me. So, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray in the Spirit as much as possible and fast as often as possible and when you enter that prayer and fasting atmosphere I will renew your mind and prepare your heart for what I have prepared for you and sure enough this continued for a period of 18 months to 2 years my mind was fully renewed. So when God called me out of the business world, it was not foreign, it was not new, because I've already seen it in the Spirit. Let me say this to you. Before you get anywhere in the natural, you have to go there spiritually. In prayer, many times, I would see myself in certain places preaching to certain people. And after a long while, God would send me and I would recognize those places because I've already seen it in the Spirit. That is why I say to you, one of the benefits of prayer is that God prepares you for what He has prepared for you. Exodus says, Behold, I will send my angel before your face who will prepare your way before you. 
How does God prepare you for what He has prepared for you in prayer? He will show you things. He will renew your mind. And so for me, stepping out of the business world into a full-time ministry, though I had no organization backing me up, I didn't know where my next paycheck would come from. But I had the word of the Lord and I had the confidence that God would take care of me just like he did when I owned the business. My heart was prepared. My confidence rose and my trust in God increased. Where? By what God showed me in prayer. Amen? Prayer will also deliver you from limitations and mental restrictions which have kept us in prisons of weakness. Let that sink a little bit. In the place of prayer, God will deliver you from the limitations of your thinking. and will set you free from prisons of weakness that you will be able to step into new horizons, new places, higher places, both in the spirit and in the natural. Many believers are still in prison by the way they think. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think it's impossible, it is impossible for you. If you think you can't do this, you will never be able to do it. But in prayer, God comes and takes away those thoughts of weakness and impossibility and limit and, and limitations and restrictions and renews them with the thoughts of God, says, it's possible, I can do it. I will go there. That takes place in prayer. That's one of the benefits of prayer. Not only that, but prayer will deliver us from fear. The psalmist said, I cried out to the Lord, and he delivered me from all my fears. Wow. Where did he cry out? In his prayer. You ever cried out in prayer? That you were so desperate? that you cried out to God and say, God, I cannot live with these fears anymore. God will deliver you from all your fears, as the psalmist said. And that was his testimony. I cried out to the Lord with my voice, and God delivered me from all my fears. Not some of it, all of it. From prejudice. Not only that, but he will empower your spirit to walk in the freedom and liberty of the Holy Spirit. And prayer will take us into places that nothing else will. It will create platforms for us to stand upon. It will open doors of utterance for us to speak with wisdom and will give us entrance into families, into communities, into cities, into nations for the purpose of influencing them for Christ and His kingdom. I believe what Michael started here before the service is of God. God wants His people to pray. Not just publicly, but privately as well. 
The people you pray for are the people you will influence. If we want our community to be influenced, the first thing we need to do is saturate that community with prayer. And God will begin to touch lives in answer to our prayer. Not only that, but prayer will mark the boundaries of your influence. You know that you cannot influence people beyond the boundaries of your prayers. You can only influence as far as you pray. If you want to influence people in your sphere of influence, you have to pray for them first because your influence will be equivalent to the prayer you offer up to God for them. That's why I say that prayer will mark the boundaries of our influence in Christ. Amen. Prayer strengthens our inner man. Paul prays that you may be strengthened by His Spirit in your inner man. How? As you pray. Because you are engaging God. You're engaging His Spirit. Your spirit becomes alive. You are strengthened in your inner man. And you are fueled with passion. People who don't pray, they're not passionate about anything. Hello? Christ wants our hearts filled with passion. Passion for God, passion for His ministry, passion for people. Passionless people are unattractive. So I ask you, what are you passionate about? You passionate about God? You passionate about fellowshipping with the saints? Are you passionate about the sinners? All of those things will come and will be birthed in our inner man through prayer. Not only that, prayer purifies our heart in the Lord and our mind, resulting in being separated from the things of the world, from the things that do not enhance the purposes of the kingdom of God or the purposes of our mission in Christ. That's what prayer will do. It will even separate you from some of your friends. Hello? Because they don't share the same values like you do. All that comes out of prayer. It will purify your heart towards God. It will purify your mind and will begin to sanctify you to live more and more for God and His purposes. So the greater our prayer life, the greater will be our separation from the things of the world. One of the things that we struggle with in the church, by and large, is worldliness, compromise, indifference, lukewarmness. Why? Prayerlessness is the cause. In other words, our prayer life will ultimately separate us from things and people that do not strengthen 
the purposes of God in our lives. There are many things, I believe, which are still in the mind and plan of God for our lives, and yet they remain unborn because we have not sought the Lord in prayer. There are things that God wants to birth in our both individual lives, bring into this natural world, and there are things that God wants to birth in our fellowship. But He cannot do so unless we become passionate in seeking His face. And I will prove it to you from the Scriptures. There are wonderful things that are destined for you and I that will cause your feet to dance with joy if you see them. They belong to you. They belong to me. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13 says the following. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Most people stop there. God does not stop there. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. These thoughts that I have and I think toward you, these wonderful plans of peace and blessing that I have destined for you can only come to pass if you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. And if you seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. And when you find me, you're going to find those things that I have prepared for you and bring them to pass in your life. But you know what? Most of us, including myself, listen carefully, are content to live without them. We are content to live without those things. We're happy without them. We're comfortable without them. Hello? How desperate do you want them? If you are comfortable and satisfied with what you have, why would God give you more? He's not going to push them on you. He has nothing for those who are not hungry. He said, blessed are those who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. They who? Who are hungry. How hungry are you for the things of God? How hungry am I for those things that God prepared for me? How desperate I am to see them and embrace them and welcome them into my life. God looks down and if He sees a, a life that is satisfied, comfortable, He moves on to someone else. 
who's hungry, who's thirsty, who made his business to seek God's face. Listen, folks, as you seek the Lord, you will discover that every other area or every other need in your life is met. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first, and all these things will be added to you. Your children will line up. Amen. Your finances will line up. Your relational needs will be met. Your marriage will be restored. Hello. When you seek first. When you're hungry for God and for the things of God. That's why Michael last week said, surely, surely we don't have to convince God's people that it's a worthy cause to seek God and to live for Him. It pays. It doesn't cost. It pays, folks. It pays to serve God. It pays to put Him first in your life. It pays to seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. It pays in every sphere of life. Amen. So God says, I know the thoughts, I know the plans I have for you. But it's not good for God to know it alone. I need to know. I need to know those plans. I need to know what God has in store for me. I need to know His will, His plan, His thoughts. And the only place I will ever discover them is when I seek Him with all of my heart. He says, when you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. Folks, when we find God, we do not just find God, we find ourselves. You remember the prodigal son? The Bible says he came to himself when he repented. Where was he before? He was lost. He lost not just to God, but he was lost to himself and to his family. When God restored me to himself, I found myself and I was restored to my wife and to my family. So when you find God, you find yourself. You find who you really are. You discover your purpose in life. You become alive, filled with God's presence and God's Spirit. Your life takes on new meaning. Amen. All of these things are found in seeking God in prayer. Prayer, therefore, releases the birthing of God's purpose, the birthing of God's thoughts, and the birthing of God's plans for our life. Prayer shapes the future of our walk with the Lord in our divine destiny. Do you want to know what your future is? You will find it in prayer. You can shape your own future. I testify to you today, as I stand before God and before His holy angels and before you, my prayer life shaped my future and my destiny. I am where I am today because of the prayers I prayed yesteryear. Do you know that? I prayed myself here. And if I want to go further, I have to pray myself further. That's why Paul says, I do not consider myself that I have arrived, but I press on 
to the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is never a time, there is never a stage where you can sit back and say, I've arrived. You stop praying, you stop reading your Bible, you stop fellowshipping, and then what happens? You start going backwards, and before you realize, you far are off the mark. But in prayer, we are revived. In prayer, we come alive. Amen. In prayer, we are endued with power from on high. In prayer, our spiritual senses become alive, and we see things, we hear things, and we receive the wisdom of God to live the way He wants us to live. I chose this path through my prayers, and it is my prayers that fueled my passion to be found in God's will regardless of the cost. And believe me, there is a cost involved for everyone who wants to go further with God. There are things you need to leave behind. There are things you need to forsake. There are other things you need to embrace. There are people, some people belong in your past. Leave them. Don't try and drag them into your present or your future. They're just going to trip you up. I've experienced God blessing me when some people left me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've experienced blessings when God removed some people from my life. Because as long as they were with me, their unbelief, their negativity, their mourning, just stop the presence and the blessing of God. Because remember, we're not walking alone. We're walking with a family. We're walking with a group of people. Amen? So what God does sometimes is take people away from your life. Leave them. They belong to your past. Just bless them. Pray for them, forgive them, whatever you need to do, but just leave them in your past. Don't try and drag them into your present. And prayer will help you recognize who are the people in your future. <laughs> you know, I looked at some people sometimes, and God said to me, you're looking into your future. Because there are people that will help you get into your future. You cannot get there on your own. Their influence in your life will impart something into your heart that will propel you to go forward. Amen. Growth by association with the right people. Amen. You have to recognize those people that are called to walk with you, beside you, over you impart life to you, and they belong not just in your present, but in your future. And don't let them go. Hello? You will be tempted a number of times to let them go. Don't do that. If God placed them in your life, in your future, do whatever you can to maintain that relationship, because it's key. Amen. Praise God. So, the failure of every Christian endeavor is related to prayer failure. 
real spiritual work is done and executed in prayer. Amen? And in conclusion, I want to give you some indispensable tools for a lifestyle of prayer. Can I do that? The first one is knowledge and understanding are key to an effective prayer life. What do I mean by that? In order to increase our knowledge in the area of prayer, we need to be willing to do our homework. Well, you know from life, from everyday experience, if you want to be successful in anything, you need to what? Study, learn about the subject or the area you want to be successful. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes perseverance, and most times it takes money as well. So when it comes to an effective prayer life, we must be willing to study the subject of prayer and study it in depth. Now, I recall in my earlier years, as I was born again, I took an interest in my prayer life because I got bored by praying the same prayers every day. How many of you are tired of that? (laughs) It becomes boring after a while if every day you pray the same prayers. Amen? Like a parrot. So I I said, Lord, there must be something more to prayer than this. So this is what I did. Listen. I went out and I bought every book I found on the subject of prayer. Andrew Murray. Thank God for his writings. Oh, my goodness. He taught me through his writings how to pray. I went out and ordered teaching tapes on prayer from the men that my heart opened up to. You know, there are certain ministers that I receive from, certain ones I don't receive. But each one, each one has a, has a key to his heart. Certain men of God anointed, I would receive from. So I ordered their teachings on prayer. And I would sit hours on end up in my office in the store that I was running with my wife. And I would listen to the teachings on prayer. As I listened to them, an anointing to pray was imparted to me. And I began to grow. I began to learn. Amen? So you learn through study. You need to put time in it. You need to put effort into it. You need to study the subject. Amen? Or else you're going to get bored after a while because your prayer life and the way you pray is limited. You need to expand your knowledge of prayer. I learned how to pray in the Spirit. I learned how to listen to God in prayer. You got to do the same. And I'm sure many of you do that. Amen? So I ordered these teaching tapes on prayer and listened to them hours on end. But most importantly, listen, I prayed. That's how you learn. Amen? We need to set time aside 
on a daily basis. Jesus said, when you pray, this is the way you do it. Go into your prayer closet, shut the door, shut everyone, everything out, the world out, and just you and God, and pray to Him in secret. Do we do that? If you do that for a while, it becomes a habit and second nature to you. You don't have to force yourself anymore. You just get up in the morning, and the first thing you do, even before you have breakfast, is go into your prayer closet and sit there with God and pray. Amen? Are you doing that? If you not, get into the habit. Amen? So we don't learn how to by just studying a subject. We learn by practice. How did you learn how to drive? You did your homework, you studied, but then what happened? You got behind the steering wheel and the driving instructor was there beside you and he taught you and you learned by practice. So the best way to learn how to pray is practice. And we also have an instructor within us. What does Romans chapter 8 say? Likewise, the Spirit helps our weaknesses or infirmities or ignorance on how to pray, for He makes intercession for us according to the will of God. So as you come and set time aside to pray and you wait silently before God, the instructor begins to prompt you and guide you how to pray, how to listen, how to study, Amen? Praise the Lord. I pray that I was able to impart something to you this morning that inspired you to pray, that encourages you to wait on God in prayer because that's the only way we will advance both individually and corporately as a fellowship. Every step of growth and development, every inch of advancement we make in the Spirit comes through the vehicle of prayer. Amen? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word and for your encouragement this morning. Thank you for your presence that we have experienced here this morning. And thank you for touching us, renewing us, revitalizing us, inspiring us, and comforting us. We thank you for the privilege of prayer, dear Lord. And first of all, we come before you in repentance this morning, acknowledging our sin of prayerlessness, acknowledging our sin of laziness when it comes to prayer. Forgive us for neglecting to pray and to pray regularly, consistently, as you've instructed us. And I pray, Father, that as we repent, you will renew our resolve. You will empower our spirits so that we may subdue the flesh and be led and guided into our secret place of prayer regularly, daily, to fellowship with you, to hear from you, and to petition you in our petitions and requests. Lord, 
Help me, I pray. If you're that person today, raise your hand and say, Help me, Lord. Help me to pray. Just like the disciples prayed, Lord, we believe. Help my unbelief, like their father cried. So we pray today. Lord, I pray, but help my prayer life. I need your help, Lord. I need to strengthen my prayer life. I cannot do it on my own. I need your grace. I need your spirit to empower me and help me. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.